In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City Worship Service podcast. Due to the awful virus that is ravaging our country right now, uh, and our state and our communities, we have chosen to suspend in-person worship for now, and instead worship via podcast. In the book of John, Jesus says that true worshipers will worship him in spirit and in truth. And although worshiping via podcast is, even after doing it for a few months, still not the most natural thing for us, as long as we are worshiping in the spirit of the living God and in the truth of Jesus Christ, then we are being faithful to the worship that God has called us to. And a time will come at some point in the future, we don't know when, when we'll be able to gather in person again, and we will rejoice to gather in person. But it says something about our unity as God's people and as a church that we can worship together and love each other via podcast in these unusual times. Two notes that I'd like to bring up this morning. One is last month we had a music podcast where uh, we, we provided a number of songs that you could listen to all at once or savor as the month went on. And this month, uh, we will not be having a music podcast because unfortunately, our director of worship, Melissa, has sustained an injury uh, that makes it difficult for her to play the keyboard for long periods of time. And so uh, we will be looking at having another one of those, hopefully in August or September. Also, if you know somebody who is having difficulty uh, with the technological aspect of the podcast, uh, not everybody is tech savvy, not everybody knows the, the wonders of uh, the iPhone or the Android or the laptop or desktop or whatever device you have. Um, not everybody's good with that. And if you know somebody who's really struggling, please get in contact with the church and we will happily make CDs of the worship services and provide a CD player if you don't have one of those. Uh, the email address for the church is baptist.church at comcast.net, uh, or you could go on our website at onebaptistchurch.org and contact us through there as well, and we will be happy uh, to get a CD and, if necessary, a CD player out to somebody who's struggling. We pray that you're well. We pray that the, the Lord is with you because we know that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto Jesus, and that wherever we go, Christ is already present and Lord and waiting for us to meet him there. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken accepted you were condemned I'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died 
Father, we come before you to worship you, to worship you in song, in prayer, and in scripture. And Lord, we do this because it brings glory to your name. So be with us today as we worship you. Lord, as we're going through this difficult time, there may be doubt that creeps into our minds. And we're wondering, Lord, when is this going to end? Lord, are you with us still? And I pray that if that is happening to you, doubtful thoughts are creeping into your mind, that you pray for wisdom from the Lord. Wisdom from the Lord is perfect. 
not the wisdom that the world gives. Lord, we have people in our congregation who are ill. I think of Willie Coons, who is recovering from multiple uh, medical uh, uh, emergencies. And I ask that you be with him as he's in a recovery center, trying to get back on his feet. And Lord, not only heal him, but give him the courage to keep on and not giving up. I pray for Anne Marie, who started her new chemotherapy yesterday. I ask that you be with her and that the side effects not be too great. And I pray for John Millicent. Lord, you know the situation there, and I give it to you. And there are others in our congregation who have special needs. And Lord, you know what they all are, and you have a plan in place for them. And I ask that they put their faith in you, and they follow the leading of the Holy Spirit as you make known to them what that plan is. Lord, I thank you for our church. I thank you for where we're located in this neighborhood. Ask us to, if someone comes to our church, I ask that we reach out to them and we are able to meet their need. Lord, I thank you for our hope program. I'm glad that we are able to feed those who are hungry. And as this goes longer and longer, the need seems to become greater and greater. And I'm, I'm so grateful that we have volunteers who are willing to come and to help those who are less fortunate than we are. Lord, I ask that we take this time as we're still in our homes and we look at it as an opportunity to do what it is that we can. And sometimes when we feel kind of sorry for ourselves that we may reach out and we may help someone else who needs a word of encouragement. And by ever, whatever means that we can, that we can give them that word of encouragement. I ask that you be with us today as we record this podcast. Be with our pastor today as he uh, brings the message. And that he brings us a message of what it is to love other people. And the relationship between loving God and loving other people. And Lord, uh, I cannot forget the young church. Those young people have needs too, just like the rest of us. There's much uncertainty in the world and those who have graduated high school and are looking to the future, they don't know quite yet what to do. And Lord, I ask that they put their faith and trust in you and you will guide and direct them in the direction that they should go. And again, as this podcast goes out over the, the virtual airways, I ask that Everyone who listens to this podcast will be blessed by it. In your precious name I pray, amen. Hear the word of the Lord from Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. 
Now Adam made love to his wife, Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, Eve said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. The Lord spoke to Cain. Why are you so angry? Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. One day, Cain suggested to his brother, Hey, let's go out to the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterward, the Lord spoke with Cain. Where, where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. My punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land and from your presence. You've made me a homeless wanderer. Anyone who finds me will kill me. No, for I will give a sevenfold punishment to anyone who kills you. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain to warn anyone who might try to kill him. So Cain left the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our scripture reading for the morning comes from the book of 1 John, chapter 3, verses 11 through 24. This is 1 John 3, 11 through 24, and we'll be reading from the New Living Translation this morning. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? 
Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence, and we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them, and we know he lives within us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to tell you this morning the story of Bridger Walker. Bridger Walker is a resident of Cheyenne, Wyoming. Bridger Walker is six years old. One day, Bridger was outside We don't know a whole lot about the setup, uh, but he was outside along with his sister, uh, and we don't know how old his sister was. Uh, The news article didn't say. But we imagine that she was, from the looks of the picture, she was uh, four, maybe three, about to turn four. Um, Just a guess. But Bridger and his sister were outside playing in the yard, and... A dog that was a neighborhood dog, was was known to the two of them, um, was around and started charging the sister. Bridger decided to take action. And this six-year-old boy decided to go and throw himself in front of the dog to protect his sister. The dog latched onto the boy's face instead of the little girl, and once he was able to get the dog away from him, he grabbed his sister's hand and ran with her to safety. Bridger received more than 90 stitches as a result of that attack but as a result of his decision to protect his sister. And he said this, and let me remind you again, Bridger Walker is six years old. This is what he said. If someone had to die, I thought it should be me. Six years old. And when when I I tell you that story after we've read that scripture, there, there just isn't, isn't more of a vivid picture of 1 John 3.16 than I've seen in a while. Because this six-year-old boy was willing to lay down his life for his sister. And he didn't think about it. When, When you see something like that happen your base instincts come out and you find out exactly what it is that you're made of. And this little girl will never doubt the love of her brother for the rest of her life because she has seen it before her very eyes. 
And this little boy will never have reason to doubt his courage or bravery because he'll wear the scar on his face. Now, we read stories like that, and we say, that's love. And it's big, and it's bold and dramatic. And, and for the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about love. And specifically, love for others. Because sometimes it seems like our world is, is in short supply of love. Stevie Wonder had a song called Love's in Need of Love Today. Uh, Burt Bacharach wrote a song that was, uh, that was sung by, it's been covered by so many other people. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. The Beatles wrote All You Need Is Love. And if I sang a few bars of this song about love being more important than, uh, than money or anything else in the world, I would have to pay massive royalties to the Beatles, so I'll spare you both the singing and the collection for the royalties. Uh, but we constantly recognize for, for years that, that there's this need for love but apparently, since those three songs that I named are 50 years old or, or older, apparently this need for love has been ongoing. But as followers of Jesus, we should know what love is. And we should know how to show it. But sometimes it gets lost. Sometimes love even gets lost on us as followers of Jesus because we live in a world that doesn't always show or recognize love well. And when it does show and recognize love, it's not necessarily the type of love that we know as followers of Jesus. Maybe it's love that, that comes at the price of a favor or, or is conditional. Maybe it's love that uh, is stirred up to sell a new car or, or to get us to go eat at a certain restaurant. Um, maybe it's, it's that sort of love that, uh, that wants us to be nostalgic for a time in the past so that we'll buy something in the present. Or maybe worse, we've had mothers or fathers or brothers or sisters or, or somebody or friends in our lives who that we thought loved us unconditionally and then we found out only loved us conditionally. And so what does, what does the love of God look like? How do we show this to other people? And if you think about this passage that we read, where, where we hear John, the beloved disciple, one of the, the disciples who was closest to Jesus. You know, Jesus took Peter, James, and John to, to the transfiguration where his divine glory was fully revealed and where uh, Moses was present and where Elijah was present. Uh, and, and John was one of the people who beheld that glory. And he writes... 
We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. And that sounds enormous and intimidating. And I partially, as much as I enjoy movies and TV shows, I partially blame Hollywood for making that seem so enormous. How many war movies have we watched where the climax of the film is somebody laying down his life, his or her life, for a group of other people? Uh, or the movie Independence Day, um, where Randy Quaid's character, uh, spoiler alert, Randy Quaid's character flies his fighter jet straight into the most vulnerable part of the alien spacecraft that has threatened Earth uh, and sacrifices his life for uh, his, his grandkids who are uh, down below and for everybody else who's on the mission. We see things like that and we think this sacrifice has to look like this. Or we see these uh, romantic dramas where there's some big, magnificent act that happens. You know, somebody goes running through the rain to the airport and catches somebody right before they go through the TSA line. Um, and, or, you know, you think of the movie Titanic where um, Jack lets Rose have uh, the piece of wood that she was on, despite the fact that there was absolutely enough room for both Jack and Rose. Come on, Rose. Uh, this, this love thing works both ways. And we see all of this, and that's our image that's put before us so often for sacrifice and for love in context of this verse and you kind of sit around and think, well, okay, I'm never going to be, like, I, I'm, I'm, I don't fight in a war, or if you have fought in a war, that, that time is over, and you don't have the daily opportunity to uh, fly a fighter jet into an alien spaceship or um, to take a bullet for somebody, and you've been happily married for several years and your, your days of running through the rain to catch somebody before they fly off and out of your life are probably over. And, and so you, you think sacrifice doesn't look like that for me anymore. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that when we love others, it doesn't have to be enormous or intimidating. It doesn't have to be big and dramatic. Love is at the heart of the gospel. You don't have the good news of Jesus without love. And there are lots of other things that you could say when it came down to, oh, what's the central message? You know, what's important in the gospel? You could say selflessness, you could say joy, you could say peace, you could say, um, you could say sacrifice, and you would kind of be in the general ballpark. You know, you're not wrong if you say that, but the central element of the gospel is love. 
this loving kindness that God has for us. That he chose to make a way to redeem not just his chosen people Israel, but to redeem the whole world through the action and the work of Jesus Christ our Lord. And because of that love, any action of love that we take and our understanding of love moves us towards the center of the gospel. It brings the gospel into our lives and we live that out as we live actions of love. When we live out the love of Jesus, and today we're specifically going to be looking at self-sacrifice, at, at laying down our interests for somebody else. When we live out the love of Jesus, shown through self-sacrifice, we become like Jesus. The big image <clears throat> that John uses in this passage is Cain and Abel. And it is the, the bibliodrama, for lack of a better term, that the First Baptist players, for lack of a better term, um, read this morning. And he contrasts Cain and Abel. Cain was a tender of the fields. Abel was a tender of the flocks. Cain brought some vegetables, and Abel brought the best of his flocks. Now, this does not just, this does not have anything to do with God preferring meat to vegetables. Let's make that very clear. If Cain had brought the best of his vegetables, the best of his crops, and presented them to God, we'd be having a different conversation right now, most likely. And there's nothing wrong with vegetables that are a little messed up. There's this service you can, you can get now called Imperfect Foods, where they, they send you a box full of the vegetables that, that they don't sell at the, the grocery store because they're, uh, they're not like the money vegetables. They're not the good-looking ones. And so it has everything to do with Cain's unwillingness to give his best to God. And Cain gives in to jealousy. And out of jealousy, he destroys he destroys somebody that he should be loving. Because Cain wants God's favor, but Cain wants it on his own terms. Cain wants God to see just this offering, I've brought this, bless me. Abel has brought the best of what he has. And Cain murders Abel because of it. He destroys out of jealousy. But in a masterstroke of writing, 
John immediately brings Jesus into the conversation. Because while Cain destroyed instead of loving, Jesus was destroyed because of love. Jesus allowed himself to be crucified. Jesus chose the cross. Jesus chose to allow his enemies to put him to death. And while he was being put to death, he forgave them. And in forgiving his enemies, he showed what self-sacrificing love looks like. So if we love others, if we love others with the love of Jesus, then we're interested in what's best for them. We're interested in showing our love to them by putting them first, even in ways that cost us. And this isn't always rainbows and butterflies. If you've been around, if you've had kids or have been around uh, people who have kids, and the child really desperately wants to take a swig out of the toilet bowl cleaner, and the parent yanks the toilet bowl cleaner away from the child, the child may scream because it's a pretty blue bottle, but it would have brought death. And so the parent has to put the health of the child first at the cost of having a screaming kid for a few minutes. But when we think about love, we have to think about putting others ahead of ourselves. And the example that we're given first is life and death. But John also tells us that this isn't just about physical life and death, that this is about spiritual life and death. That if we don't put others ahead of ourselves, then it shows that we don't have the life of Jesus within us. But if we're willing to put our selfish desires aside, or even our unselfish desires aside, so that we can show love to another person, we're following the ways of Jesus rather than the ways of Cain. The next thing John tells us about love, to repeat verse 16 and go on to 17, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? We all live with various advantages. If you have a roof over your head, even if that roof is leaky, if, even if that roof is over a house that feels too small some days, even if that roof is not the most attractive roof in the neighborhood, you still are at an advantage over a significant number of not just our global population, 
but our state and national population as well. Sadly, we live in a world where some shades of skin are given preferential treatment over other shades of skin. We also live in a world where spending power makes some people seen as superior over others. And when we love others in a self-sacrificing way, it doesn't mean that these advantages, so to speak, as the world sees them, are necessarily and inherently evil. It means that we are called as followers of Jesus to use what the world sees as advantages as an opportunity to sacrifice in the name of Jesus. If we have great material wealth, then loving our neighbor, loving others, means using that wealth to make sure that we are loving others in a material way. It may mean buying food for people. It may mean supporting ministries like the Hope Food Bank that meets downstairs in our church. It may mean buying a house for somebody who doesn't have one. Or it may be something as simple as getting an extra meal from McDonald's for the guy who's at the corner down the street from McDonald's. If, we, if our skin color is seen as an advantage, then that's something that we can sacrifice for the good of other people. Because if the world sees one shade of skin color as an advantage, and it's the skin color that we wake up with every morning, then our voice wearing that skin color has more power in the world, and we can use that voice to say, no, the lives of people with different skin color matter just as much as mine do. That's the love of the gospel. There are other ways we can think of right now where, we're, where you may be in an advantage in the world's eyes, but are called to sacrifice that advantage in the name of Jesus Christ. But you may say, this, this still seems a little intimidating. Because I don't know how to use my voice, I don't have a lot of money, I, I don't, you know, I, all of this seems rather large to me. And that's okay. Because what John tells us next is to love great or small, but to love through actions. The nature of love is not thought or feeling, but actions. I can think about somebody in a, in a really positive, sunshiny way all day long. But if that person is really struggling and I'm not doing anything to 
care for that person or contact with that person or connect with that person, then my love for them, my positive thoughts for them, my good vibes for them, they don't mean anything. We're not called to be a people of thoughts and prayers. We're called to be a people of love and action. And if we were called to be just this this disembodied good feeling, then Jesus wouldn't have been a person who was personally crucified. But we are called to be people who love through action. And that action can be something big, or that action can be something very small. Because let me tell you something about small actions. They add up. If you choose to love another person, even in a very small way, and you choose to love that person in a small way over and over and over again, then your love for that person grows and grows. And any time that we as followers of Jesus put another person ahead of ourselves, we are living into the gospel. And just as we're warned so many times that giving sin a foothold can, can, take, can give our, our whole lives over to sin, God works a lot faster than sin does. And if we give a foothold to God consistently over and over and over by loving people in ways that we haven't loved before, in putting our selfish desires aside and loving somebody else, in relinquish what in by relinquishing what we feel to be our property or or what we deserve for ourselves and offering it to another person we are literally letting the gospel flow from our souls out into another person through love And you may be listening to all this today, and you may be thinking, you know, I, I, I've tried my best for years to love other people, and I just don't feel adequate. I, I don't feel like I'm doing enough to love other people. Well, there's a message for you here as well, is that God is greater than our thoughts and our feelings. And if we're living in self-sacrificing ways, then we clearly have the Spirit of God within us. And so we just keep going. And if you're starting, if the Spirit has stirred your heart this morning, and you haven't thought of love this way before, and you're going to set out on this journey towards loving others, towards living out the gospel this way, then let me give you this piece of encouragement. Keep going. Keep loving. Because you won't always feel like you're getting it right. And you may not always be getting it right. But relax. Trust the Holy Spirit to guide you into love. I want to leave you 
with words from a female rapper named No Name. That's, that's her, her rap name is, is No Name. Um, and she said this, like all the days he prayed with me, the emptiness was tamed in me, and all that was left was his love. As we go on, we're going to find that love increases, that the emptiness goes away, and all that is left is his love, and all that is left is his love. a word you were singing over me you have been so so good to me for I took a breath you breathed your life in me you have been so so kind to me Reckless love of God Oh, it chases me down Fights till I'm found Leaves the 99 I couldn't earn it I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming Never-ending Reckless love of God Yeah When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You have been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so, so kind to me. love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, Reckless love of God Oh, it chases me down Fights till I'm found Leaves the 99 I couldn't earn it I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming Never-ending Reckless love of God Oh, the overwhelming 
reckless love of God. We have come now to the time of the Lord's table. And if you are listening to this podcast on July the 19th, 2020, before 11.30 in the morning, Pacific time, you are welcome to join us on our Zoom coffee hour, because at the beginning of our Zoom coffee hour, we celebrate the Lord's table together. Uh, the instructions on how to join are in the Friday email that you should have gotten, um, but if you didn't get the Friday email or you are uh, interested in, in joining us, uh, if you're hearing this, then you can, again, send a message to baptist.church at comcast.net, and we would be more than happy uh, to get you those details about how to join the communion, uh, the Zoom communion. If you're not able to join, then we will, uh, we will celebrate the Lord's table now. The table of bread is now to be made ready. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. It is the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identified himself. It is the table of communion with the earth in which Christ became incarnate. So come to this table, you who have much faith and you who would like to have more. You who have been here often and you who have not been for a long time. You who have tried to follow Jesus and you who have failed, come. It is Christ who invites us to meet him here. We proclaim to you a mystery. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ is coming again. Let's pray. Loving God, through your goodness, we have this bread and cup to offer, which has come forth from the earth and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing so that we may know your touch and presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us now. Made one in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves, a single living act of praise. Amen. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And remembering the self-sacrificing love of Jesus Christ on the cross, take and eat this bread. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it, looking forward to the time that we will see the love of God fulfilled at the fullness of his kingdom, take and drink of this cup. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, 
you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Amen. Let's pray together. Almighty God, the fountain of all wisdom, you know our necessities before we ask and our ignorance in asking. Have compassion on our weakness and mercifully give us those things which for our unworthiness we dare not and for our blindness we cannot ask. Through the worthiness of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. That prayer is the one that we will be using for the rest of this week on evening Bible reading and prayer on our church Facebook page. Uh, it is facebook.com slash onebaptistchurch. And it's a, it's a three or four minute video that we post Sunday through Saturday. And uh, right now we are reading through the book of Mark. Uh, we're two and a half chapters in, so if you'd like to join us, you are more than welcome to. We are glad that you worshiped with us this morning. We are grateful to be able to still sing and pray and proclaim the word of God together as God's people wherever we are. I'd like to thank Melissa Mellinger, our Director of Worship and Youth, for leading us in song this morning. I'd like to thank Jim Leatherman, our church moderator, for leading us in prayer. I would like to thank uh, Katie Witham, as well as Gary Hunley, and Melissa and Jim for being our dramatic readers this morning. And I'd like to thank Gary and his wife, Doreen Hunley, uh, for their audio engineering skills. Next week, we're going to be looking at John chap 1 John chapter 4 and talking about God's love. Uh, we've, we talked about the self-sacrificing love of Jesus today. Uh, we're going to talk about God's love next week. So make sure that you, are, uh, that you are back with us for that. Remember, God loves you. And to love your neighbor, love God, wear your mask, and wash your hands. Amen.